0: Welcome to the American Maritime Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Carpenter, Vice President of the American Maritime Partnership. Today, we are very happy to be joined by Dick Balzano. Dick is the CEO of the Dredging Contractors of America. For more than 30 years, he has served the interests of American Maritime in both the government and the private sector. He is a combat veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan who retired from the U.S. Navy at the rank of captain. Dick, thank you for your service, and thank you for coming on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you, Jennifer, and nice to see you again.
0: You too. So let's start by talking about your day job, advocating for the American dredging industry. For those who don't know much about it, give us the elevator pitch. What is dredging, and why is it important?
1: Well, um, think of it like your car. Uh, Your car has uh, multiple systems that help it uh, move, right, and the tires touch the ground. Uh, Somebody built those roads in order to make them nice and flat and smooth for your car to operate. That's what we do. We dig up the bottom of the ocean to keep the drafts at levels that the ships can navigate safely in and out of our ports and up and down our waterways.
0: Interesting. Something people don't think about until something goes wrong, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Same with the highway. You don't think about the highway when you drive to the store or whatever, about the men and women that built that highway for you, but it's essentially the same thing.
0: Really interesting stuff. In a recent opinion piece in the Virginian Pilot newspaper, you wrote that dredgers are the unsung heroes of the American maritime industry. What do people need to know about these unsung heroes that they probably don't fully appreciate?
1: well uh that's a great question because i think you just look back at the pandemic so many things go on in our supply chain that we're just oblivious to and we take them for granted the things on the shelves to the gas in the gas station All of that gets there because of our maritime transportation system. Our maritime transportation system is composed of multiple different components that all have to be working in order for the system to work. Dredging, keeping the channels free and open for commerce, is a critical part of that entire system that we need to sustain our supply chains.
0: Good stuff. Well, we recently had an example, not real far from where we live, of the importance of all of this when the Ever Forward, a foreign flag container ship, grounded in the Chesapeake Bay and was stuck there for more than a month. Tell us a little bit about that incident and the role of dredgers in getting that vessel moving again.
1: Uh, You're you're right. That is a great example. And, And I'll point out that that ship is from the same fleet that the ship that blocked the Suez Canal. Uh, the Ever Forward and the Evergreen, I believe, blocked the Suez Canal. So we have two instances where these foreign flagships have blocked commerce around the world. And it happens. It's part of the everyday workings of the industry. Why it was important for us and why uh, we were a part of that solution to fix that problem is because we had a companies that were in the vicinity doing work. Uh, the minute that... Uh, that incident happened so the ship ran aground and embedded itself in the sea bottom the only way to get to refloat that vessel is to either remove all the weight off the ship which is almost impossible or deepen the draft where it's aground and that's exactly what we did we had companies in place we had companies moving up and down the eastern seaboard that offered to come in and support uh, that project and it was very delicate you couldn't Whenever you you ground a ship like that, you have to worry about different stress points that you've done to the vessel's hull. Uh, if you if you remove the material too fast, you can create uh, even more problems and cause oil leaks and everything else. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of salvage calculations that have to be done in order to free a ship in that situation. And our guys were on site within hours and working a plan to get that ship free. Yes, it took a long time, but there was a reason for that. We wanted to do it safely to get it to pre- prevent any further damage to not only the environment, but the, the equipment and the, the personnel on board.
0: Absolutely. Dick, what would have happened if we didn't have an American dredging industry ready at short notice to come to the aid of that grounded vessel?
1: Well, that's a good question because we don't know what would happen. We don't know how long it would take someone to, uh, to um, respond to that or how much they would be holding different folks hostage for the cost of that. In the United States, uh, the U.S. Navy has a contract with several commercial entities, uh, the supervisor of diving and salvage, and they prepare to respond to different emergencies like this throughout the nation whenever needed. So we keep that capability, that industrial base, we keep that close so that we have it when we need it.
0: That is so important. So let's shift gears a little bit. Studies have shown that maritime transport is the most environmentally sustainable form of freight transportation. I'm guessing that some of our listeners are not totally familiar with the role that dredging plays in supporting environmental sustainability and the health of our marine environment. Can you talk a little bit about dredging's role in all of that?
1: Sure. There's there's actually two parts to that. The first part is what you just mentioned about uh, seaborne transportation being one of the most efficient and effective ways to move cargo. And the reason for that is volume. We can put a lot of things on a ship and move it around and and have less of a carbon footprint, less emissions uh, compared to an individual truck moving hundreds and hundreds of times to do the same thing. Uh, and But what that requires Uh, are deeper ports to handle the bigger ships, to get to the scale of economy for all of this. So who else can do that? No one. We're the ones who dig the sea bottom. That's what we do. Um, So we're the construction companies that, that clear all that sediment or deepening projects, remove bedrock, all of the things to allow the ports and the waterways to be the most efficient and effective they can be to handle the cargo volumes. The second part of that question is um, in uh, uh, wetlands remediation. So as you know, um, we have uh, different uh, climate events going on. We have massive weather events that have happened. And Mother Nature uh, does a tough job on our coastlines. Um, Our industries have technologies and and, and practices and procedures in place that we dig up the eroded and moved uh, portions of of the coastal area and we can pump them back in and rebuild the wetlands or rebuild the beach. And we've done many of them successfully up and down the East Coast and the Gulf Coast for years. And it's a little thing that folks don't really know much about, but it's what's preserving our wetlands and it's what's reclaiming our beaches.
0: Really interesting stuff. So, staying on the environmental theme, offshore wind energy is shaping up to be a major new American industry with great potential for American jobs as well as clean energy. Can you talk a little bit about the role of companies that operate dredges in building out offshore wind in the U.S.?
1: Another great question, and you are absolutely right. The the offshore wind. a maritime portion of that is going to be an entirely new marketplace uh, here in the united states and it's very exciting to be around it and involved in it our companies do a very a, a number of various different uh, things to support those types of projects a lot of the cabling that is in between the different uh, generators and the shore and the substations that all has to be buried so that means digging up the sea bottom and putting these uh, cables and other components uh, below the seabed on top of that is what's called scoring. So what we do uh, is we put rocks and soil on top of the things that we need protected, so that ships' anchors can't rip them up, or fishing nets, or, or you know, environmental climate type uh, events can, hurricanes could could tear them up. Um, and and I will mention one of our companies is leading the way: Great Lakes Dredge and Dock. The just. Uh, recently put down over $200 million on the first U.S. Jones Act um, uh, built and certified uh, rock scoring vessel. So this is a vessel that will go out and very uh, delicately and with great precision place the rocks and sediment uh, in the places that the projects need them.
0: Oh, that is really interesting stuff, and I know that that is critical to the subsequent installation of these wind turbines. And so you're saying this vessel is going to be built in an American shipyard by an American company, crewed by American mariners.
1: Exactly. The Philly shipyard is building it. A U.S. company is uh, making the investment, Great Lakes, Dock and Dredge, Dredge and Dock, and U.S. mariners will uh, serve aboard it.
0: Oh, that's excellent. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one? so we talk a lot about the jones act on this podcast from a variety of perspectives you've got a really interesting background here i mentioned in my introduction your military service you were also presidentially appointed deputy administrator of the maritime administration for three years and now you're advocating for the u.s dredging industry tell us dick just as you look at the jones act uh Why do you think it is so important to America's national homeland economic security? Why does it matter?
1: Well, thank you, Jennifer. That's a great question because it's enormous, and it matters enormously. And here's why. I'll give you an answer first from my military background. As 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 an officer or as most any military personnel, you're always trained, never give up your supply line. Never give your supply line up. You're only as good as your last bullet or bomb, and then you're dead. So uh, a nation has to look at that the same way. We don't want to give up our supply lines to be controlled by foreign entities. It's ill-advised. It, it, it compromises your, your, your own national security. Nothing taught us that, again, more than the pandemic, where we saw manufacturing an industry that has left and gone overseas of critical components that we needed to sustain our, our own society here in the United States. So part of being a sovereign nation is having your own industry to support you. And one of those critical industries is the maritime industry, especially us. We are, we are an island nation trading and moving our critical commodities up and down our coastlines as we see fit to where we need them is is essential to any uh, any nation
0: well said and you know we're certainly when you said a military is only as good as its last bullet or bomb i'm I'm thinking of the russian invasion of ukraine and what we're all learning about the importance of logistics to sustaining military activity
1: Uh, and you can go one step further with the ukraine example and that is energy independence Look at what Europe is suffering right now and the and the compromised position they've placed themselves in by being dependent on a nation that they knew could possibly be unstable at some point, and they're reliant on them for all of their energy. We don't want to be reliant on another nation to move our energy products around this country. We don't ever want that.
0: Absolutely not. Dick, why is the Jones Act so important to the dredging sector specifically?
1: Uh, well, uh, it, the, the maritime industry is a global marketplace. Uh, in that marketplace, there's tons of competition, as you can imagine. Um, if we didn't have a Jones Act to protect our own industrial base, it would get gobbled up in a in the giant conglomerate foreign entities that take flags of convenience or countries of convenience to operate out of to to exploit labor, exploit tax laws or labor laws. Um, and so, although that that appears to be attractive in the sense of a price, it is not in the sense of a nation and your industry. You lose your workforce, you lose your ability to, to make the equipment that we that we have in need. It's it's just not it's 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 not an avenue or an option.
0: And trying to build it from scratch once you've let it go away, I imagine impossible. is a total non starter. It's, impo-
1: it's impossible. That's right. Those are skill sets and a workforce, training workforce that once you've lost, it would take decades to bring back
0: and at the point we realize we've lost it and we need it we're not going to have decades. Already. That's
1: the that's the that's when you really that's the last time you want to be saying hey we we need this industry is when you've lost it.
0: Absolutely. Dick, before we close out the podcast, anything you want to dig a little bit deeper into or anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to highlight for our listeners?
1: No, I just I think maybe one one point is that the the maritime industry has had the spotlight on it now for, for quite a few months, and I hope that folks are starting to realize how important this industry is to anybody who just goes into the store to buy something off the shelf, to getting gas in your car. And, it, and, it, and I hope we find that we get more support from even more of uh, the, not only the political side, but just the American population in its sense.
0: Here, here. I can't think of a better note on which to close than with you know just appreciating the the men and women of American Maritime for all that they do to help keep our country secure and to keep us supplied. Really important stuff. Yeah. Uh, that is all. For this episode of the American Maritime Podcast, Dick, we are so appreciative of your time today and for sharing your insights. Thank you to all of our listeners. We encourage you to share this podcast with others who are interested in supporting and learning more about American Maritime. So that's all for today. I'm Jennifer Carpenter, signing off.